Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to On the Table Gaming, episode 106, and I'm here with Jonathan from Two Raven Studios, where he's making great painting tutorials, he does game reviews, and, you know, Jonathan, I'm a big fan, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad to be here. And then I think I first came into contact with some of your material. There was like a really amazing tutorial did on like a Cersei Lannister for a Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game, where instead of going like the traditional red dress like you did, you did like a really beautiful green dress. Yes. In the book, she actually normally wears green because it brings out her eyes. So I went to go with the books. Yeah, that attention to detail. <laughs> and like, I, you know, from there, I just think I fell in love with a lot of your style. And so I'm really excited to talk about uh, the stuff that you're doing because you use a kind of a wide range of paints, lots of P3, and you make use of some fluorescent paints. And I certainly want to hear all your thoughts on that. As well as I know you've got a little bit of martial arts experience, so I think we might have to digress a little bit at times. Before we get into any of that, let's let's talk about how you found yourself, you know, in front of the camera reviewing games, making tutorials. So going way back, how did you get into gaming initially? Was it like a first game or experience that really ushered you into the hobby? Um, there was actually a games workshop store relatively near where I live. And when I was in my early teens, I got into Warhammer Fantasy, you know, the game that they got rid of. And, <laughs> we're, um, we're not better. No, especially because I played the Bretonians, which is the army they got oh, rid of. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm hoping when they bring that new, whatever they're calling it, the old world back, I can actually play my old army again. So you still got it? Is it ready to roll? I still have it, yes. <laughs> fantastic i had kind of the opposite i we were we played a lot of 40k it was like second edition they when they came out with the third edition we were like man not so hot so we moved over to warmer fantasy and then uh then that didn't last forever either so yeah. <laughs> um and you know one of the cool things about the the hobby is uh you know you get to spend a lot of time assembling making miniatures you know experiencing other people's you know tutorials content etc so how'd you go from you know, enjoying a game like that to wanting to make your own content and, you know, starting up a YouTube channel. Well, I always wanted to start a YouTube channel. And then, you know, with everything that went on last year, I had a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. So I figured now's the time. I think when all the lockdowns first started, I was painting almost an army a week. I painted like a thousand points of a thousand sun army for 40K the first week. I painted the entire Baratheon starter box for Song of Ice and Fire the second week. And I was just like, <laughs> weeks a week, I was painting like a whole full army. And I was like, I should start filming this stuff and actually putting it online and showing other people what I'm doing. And just like that, you just jumped in? That was, that's fantastic. Yep. So I had actually had a plan to do this a while ago. So I'd already bought the camera and everything like a few years ago and just never got around to it. So I was like, since I had the setup, I was like, I might as well start using it. Oh my gosh! Well, I think any any tips for for doing like marathon painting sessions? I don't know if I can I can sit for that long. Yeah, um, I didn't know I could either, but you know I had nothing else to do at that point. So where, where there's a will, there's a way, I guess. Yes. And you know, so I you know we've enjoyed making video content on YouTube as well, but you know, painting tutorials—that's kind of a whole different beast that we've never tackled. Tackled. Now, first off, you know, I don't think I have necessarily the skill to approach it at a level like you do. But what's been like kind of the best and worst part of doing painting tutorial? Um, I like seeing the feedback from other people. That's one of my favorite parts, just seeing like inspiring other people to get new ideas. One of the toughest things is actually keeping the miniature in front of the camera as I'm painting because I want to move my position as I'm <sighs> painting and actually keeping it where it needs to be so everyone else can see what I'm doing. The camera can see what I'm doing. It's actually one of the hardest parts. 
I, I think I can imagine. I remember actually, maybe actually the before Cersei Lannister, I think there was, I also play Star Wars Legion. I know you have two really good clone trooper tutorials. And I think I ended up using the one, uh, you did a yellow one. I actually yes. was using for a lot of time, but I think that was also one of the things you talked about in um, your 501st video. Yes, the 501st video was one of the first videos I recorded, and I realized afterwards that the entire time it was like out of focus or out of frame, and I didn't realize it while it's recording. So now my setup, I have it so I can actually watch things as I'm recording, so I know, make sure it's in frame. So a little pro tip for anybody who is going to be starting out on their own in the future is make sure so you can see what you're doing there. Uh, but, you know, even that being said, like, you know, there's a learning process, right? And I think, you know, it's evident looking at your videos, you've definitely gotten the hang of things more. Your most recent stuff especially is just fantastic. And one of the things that always catches my eye and I like to pop through, even sometimes when I don't have that miniature or I might not be painting in that exact style at this time, is the the range of paints you use. And uh, I'm so bad with names. I think it's the the Krugalist uh, Cruciator. Oh, yeah, those Games Workshop names, that ghost, whatever it's called. <laughs> you, you just, that was one of your more recent tutorials. And, you know, you use fluorescent paints. And, you know, when I, I'm not going to lie, when I first think about fluorescent paints, like it's not something that really sells me because it's just so bright. And yet when you use them, you really make it work and you make it all pull together. And that Krugalist Cruciator is just outstanding. So, you know, for people trying out fluorescent paints, like any tips or suggestions you might give? I know a lot of people when they first start painting, like they'll prime black and work from like dark to bright, like they put a dark color and highlight up. You actually have to do the opposite when you do fluorescent paints. You need to prime white, start with your brightest color and then work down to the shadows. So it's kind of like the reverse process of what a lot of people do. And yes, they are very bright. And if you want to get the full effect of them, you kind of have to leave that brightness there. So when you put other things over top, I use normally like more transparent things because it still lets the little bit of the fluorescent shine through as you're toning it down. So that's kind of the key when you first start. It's going to like look, you're like, wow, that's too bright and garish when you first start. But then you have to work your way down and add the shadows in afterwards. When you're looking at miniatures, are there like particular miniatures or types of styles that you're like, this is this is like ideal for fluorescent paint styles? Like, uh, are there certain like unit types or creature types or things that you're just like, you know, if you're going to use fluorescent paints, like start with something like this because it looks really good. Well, I'll put fluorescent paints on anything. (laughs) Obviously, something like a ghost type miniature is something that's good because you want it to have that ethereal glow to it. So fluorescent paints work really well with those. I actually, I started painting it and then I finished it for 40K. I actually was painting a whole Necron army in fluorescence, which people were like, fluorescent Necrons? Why not? Um, I, my local gaming store, I actually painted their store army. They have a Space Marine army and I painted those in fluorescence. You can paint anything in fluorescence. The key is just kind of realizing that it's going to look bright. So you have to play with that. But like I said, I think ghosts or something like some type of ghost is probably the best thing to start with fluorescence because it doesn't have to be perfect because you can have all kinds of different, you know, types of glows on it. And it also, you don't have to restrain yourself to one specific area. When I paint a ghost, I just kind of like this whole thing's the ghost and I'm just going to put little slight variations, but everything's going to be that glowy ghost color. So I think that's a good place to start. And I know you're, you're Krugelist. That's like a pretty complicated miniature, but I think you did, uh, you had ghost ships at one point 
And I yes. felt like, oh, that was like, uh, that feels like achievable for me because it was like a, you know, really cool looking effect, but, you know, somewhat simply applied to a miniature. And I was like, okay, that seems like a great like entry point where I can make this whole ship look so amazing with the techniques that you were showing. Yeah, that was actually a fun one. That was a commission. Somebody me- messaged me and was like, can you paint something with a ghost effect? And I was like, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> so he sent that to me and um, I actually got started. I said I started with Warhammer Fantasy and then when they got rid of the game i kind of got upset and i didn't want to play age of sigmar what actually got me into age of sigmar was all those ghost models because i love painting like those ghostly glowing effects well so that's like your specialty well you know people are thinking about it. it's, it's unfortunate that we're an audio only right here but uh it's uh let me just see if i can pull it up here uh, painting ghost effect ships for oak and iron that video i think is such a great example of the range with which you can you know make something look so good in a somewhat simple way and then you can go look at that Kruger list and you can see like once you've you've really mastered it, like how you can then integrate into like a larger miniature. Absolutely. And on your channel, you do a lot of like general painting tips as well. I know you've got like mixing paints, you've got color theory, wet palettes, you know, how, you know, airbrush choices and things like that. Um, when someone is um, maybe looking to get into to miniature painting just in general, uh, what might be a, a thing they may want to think about? You know, for Song of Ice and Fire, a lot of our listeners play that game. And it's really great because you can just play with the miniatures without even painting or assembling them. Uh, oh, but yes. if you wanted to make the jump to painting, what might be a good like way to, to kind of dip your toes in right at the start? Um, the thing I always tell people when they first start, because I talk to so many people when they first start painting and they're afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be afraid. I always say if you mess up, you can just paint over top of it. So that's one thing that I always tell people when they first start. Don't be afraid. No one's miniatures look perfect when they first started. You should see the stuff that I made when I first started. Actually, I'm coming out with a video soon, and I actually have one of my first painted miniatures in the video just to show what my <laughs> miniatures look like when they first started. Um, take it small, take it slow. It, for especially for like a song of ice and fire, paint one of your NCUs or something like that. Don't like try to jump into the whole unit right away and overwhelm yourself. Start with something a little bit smaller like that. That's one of the big suggestions I would have. And then for people that maybe have spent a lot of time painting miniatures, not necessarily they're necessarily good at it. Maybe I'm speaking of myself here. Um, I've had lots of people talk to me about using oil paints and you've got a great video on, on oil painting. You know, I've had lots of encouragement to explore it over the years, but I, I've never actually taken the plunge you know, as someone who uses a range of techniques in your videos, you know, how would you suggest someone get started with that? Is there an easy way to take a baby step into oil painting? Or is this something like airbrushing where you got to buy like an airbrush, a compressor, cleaning supplies, and it's like a much bigger investment? Um, so a lot of the ways I use the oil paints is washes. And the good thing about that is you don't need to buy like the most expensive oil paints to make washes out of them. You can buy just like a super cheap set. So it's not actually a big investment. And I thin my oil paints with mineral spirits that I buy in the hardware store. You know, it's like the big tin you get at the hardware store. I don't buy anything like expensive or fancy. I just use a lot of, you know, very affordable things when I oil paint. So it's not a big outset of cost hopping right into it, which is good. So it doesn't have to have like four miniatures branded on the side or like Games Workshop brand, et cetera. Exactly. So that's one of the good things about it, too. And I always tell people with oil paints, it's actually easier than acrylics. I know people get scared of it, but it's so much easier to fix because it takes longer to dry. You can just use the mineral spirits to clear, clean it off if you don't like what happened. So there's a lot of forgiveness and there's a lot of ways to, you know, just if you make a mistake, you can fix it. That's what I like about oil paints. It's not as permanent like, oh, I just put that stroke of paint on there and I don't like the way it looks. Now I have to paint over top if I want to fix it. With the oil paints, I don't like the way that stroke of paint look. I can clean it off. So that's one of the good things about oil painting. 
Is there like a kind of a certain cadence though to how you paint then? Because from my understanding, oil paints take a, a bit longer to dry, right? They do. Um, if you're using them as washes and putting a lot of mineral spirits, mixing it in with the paint, it actually dries faster because the mineral spirit evaporates. Oh, uh, okay. So um, it, it still does take a little while. And again, if you're using it to, sh- again, I use it to mostly to shade. So when I use the shade, it's mostly in the recesses. So I can go back and put highlights over top because the oil paint is not in that spot. But if I'm actually painting quickly, what I will do is once I'm done the oil paints, I'll actually just spray some varnish right on top and then I'll keep painting. Okay, interesting. All right. And, you know, you're familiar with the Song of Ice and Fire. Maybe if I wanted to, if I had a wide range of miniatures at my disposal, would there be a maybe a particular faction that would be well suited to starting out like practicing oils on? Um, like, do I want to avoid like furs and go with like larger plate or? I was know? actually just about to say furs are actually one of the good things if you're doing oil washes because it'll get in all those recesses. And I know you play free folks, mm. so there's a lot of furs <laughs> in there. So, <laughs> um, yeah, actually. I actually bought the box of War Mammoths, and I actually want to do a video painting those up, and I'm probably going to use oil paints when I do it. So it, that's something that's, like, perfect, because it's got all the fur texture and everything that you can get, like, right down in there. Yes. With the oil paints. Oh, that would be fantastic. That would be very timely, too, I'll just say. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got mine ready to be painted up here, so... <laughs> And then, you know, I, I have to, we, I, I will come back. We'll cycle back to talking about wargaming and the hobby elements. Um, but I do have to take this opportunity. Uh, so, you know, I've also got a bit of a martial arts background. It's something that's really shaped me a lot. And I know that that's something that's, that's influenced your life as well. Um, and so I'd love to, to jump in and talk a little about martial arts. And, and do you find any crossover between martial arts and gaming or the hobby asking of gaming? Maybe some of the philosophy from martial arts. Um, do you see like any intersection there? Um, I do. I actually see a lot of it in my painting, oddly enough, because uh, I own my own MMA studio. And one of the main martial arts I teach is Junfang Gung Fu, or a lot of people say Jeet Kune Do. It's Bruce Lee's martial art. And his philosophy is kind of like take a little bit of everything and mix it together and make your own style out of it. And that's kind of how I approach my painting. It's like I take if you watch my videos, you, as you already said, I use paint, all kinds of different paint ranges, all kinds of different techniques. I just play with everything and see what works for me. And I, again, when I game, it's kind of the same thing. Just I try all different things and see what works for me. And that's kind of my philosophy when it comes to martial arts. And that's my philosophy for painting. It's my philosophy for gaming. It's my philosophy for almost everything. I never reject anything outright. It's just I'm going to try everything and see what's the best fit for me. And I couldn't help but notice that at your martial arts uh, studio, you also offer things like Kali or Salat, things that I've never had a chance to. I mostly come from kind of the more standard, like Muay Thai, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, a little bit of Krav Maga. But you have a lot of really cool offerings there. How, how, did, that, how did that come about? How did you get into martial arts? Well, I always tell this story. It's kind of funny. Um, my buddy wanted to try martial arts. And I was like, he's like, you want to go with me? And I'm like, sure, I'll try it out. He quit after six months, you know, 15 years later, now I have my own place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I tried it out because my buddy wanted to do it, and I just, I fell in love with it. But the place that I started training, they actually offered all those different things. So I was cross-training from the moment I started training. I was training a little bit of everything. The Kali is actually my favorite thing. I actually used to do some stick fighting, which was fun. And I guess actually, let's take a second for people who maybe don't know what what is Kali. So I Kali, guess we're throwing some names here, and I realize people might not be in the know. Right, uh, Kali is a Filipino martial art. It's a weapon based art. So they do a lot of 
ballistic uh, dagger work, that sort of stuff. The stick normally represents a sword. So we train with a stick so we're not like using metal swords and digging everything <laughs> up. But um, so we use like rattan sticks mainly to train. But it's from the Filipino martial arts. And like I said, it's all, all different weapons. It has an empty hand component as well. It's a very comprehensive martial art. There's a little bit of everything in it. It may not be the best at everything, but it has everything in it. And so that kind of fits into that general philosophy you're talking about before of like things that pull from a lot of different areas and, you know, you're taking, taking what works essentially and, and pulling together and making a comprehensive thing out of a, a lot of other styles or other elements. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, do you have a favorite style? I mean, I, I saw you have a bunch of offerings. I know you already sort of talked about, uh, Jeet Kune Do already, but w- w- you know, I see Kali, I see Salat. Uh, I think there was some Wing Chun on there. Yep. Um, general kickboxing. Is there anything that, you know, and I know like maybe at different times in your lives, there's different things that you lean more towards. Um, but is, is there a particular style at this moment that you're really enjoying? Um, like I said, the Kali is my favorite. I used to love the more kickboxing stuff, but a few years ago, I tore my meniscus in my one knee, and I can't bounce as well as I used to. So I still enjoy it, but it's not. I can't do it as well as some of the other things now. So I like the Kali because I can still do it relatively easy with my knee and everything. So that's one yeah, of the I feel reasons like this is why. Kind of been a rough year for martial arts i hope i hope you're hanging in there oh the covid situation it makes things yeah, really really um, tough again it's that learning to adapt on the fly type thing but you know i could probably talk about martial arts forever so maybe let's get back onto board games have there been any board games that have really been capturing your attention now that you're coming back from this big pandemic stretch um right now i've actually been playing a lot of marvel crisis protocol i that game is so much fun i love the simplicity of it but you know there's complexity a little bit to the strategy and you've got some great painting tutorials on that too. You're Magneto. So today I'm actually going to go through and I'm going to assemble a bunch of my backlog of Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff. And uh, I'm looking forward to painting up my Magneto. I think I get a little bit more like nervous about painting my Marvel Crisis miniatures because there's like one miniature and like I know it's going to be a focal piece. Um, but I, you know, Magneto, he's going to one I want to look really good. Yeah, he was actually fun to paint. Uh, I painted him twice because I had a commission for him and then I painted my own. So that was a fun <laughs> miniature to paint. Uh, my favorite miniature is that I've done so far is that Kingpin. I, I have that video up about it, and he's actually the head of my team when I play. I play as the criminal syndicate, so I actually love that model. And the white is so hard to do, but you made it look so good. That's the magic of oil paints. Ah, oh, okay. I thought I thought you were gonna say Wolverine because I noticed that you sometimes have like multiple styles up. I think he's one that you did in like the more traditional MCP version, and then you did like an '80s retro version as well. So do you you do a lot of commissions on them then? Yeah, that that was actually a commission. The the '80s one was a commission. The standard one was my own. I actually hate Wolverine as a character. He's my least favorite X Men. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It's funny. I want to build an X Force team now, and everyone's like, "You need to paint another Wolverine in the X Force costume." I'm like, "I'm not painting another Wolverine." <laughs> <laughs> and then besides Marvel Crisis Protocol, what other games have maybe been interesting you? Um, I actually just bought and assembled uh, Army for Conquest, The Last Argument of Kings. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I'm actually excited to get into that game. I bought the army, which is called the Wadroon. If you're unfamiliar with that game, that army is orcs riding dinosaurs. That sounds amazing <laughs> already. Uh, yes. And the last argument of kings is something that's been somewhat on my radar, like mostly because on the periphery, there's been people talking about it. Those those miniatures are a little bit bigger, right? Those are are those like thirty five millimeter? Are those 
Uh, yeah, they're pretty chunky. They're actually, they're, they it's a rank and file game, so they come on trays. They're actually, it reminds me of old Warhammer Fantasy because it's so hard to get them to rank up on the trays because they're so big, they want to overlap each other. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but one of my friends is like super into that game, and he's been trying to get me to play it for a while, so I figured I'm going to hop in now that this new army is out that I mean, looks cool. Orcs and dinosaurs, what, what can go wrong? That sounds fantastic right. already. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to paint them. So there'll definitely some, be some videos up about that. Well, I will anxiously be awaiting <laughs> that. Um, I, I'm just excited to see what you do with it. I feel like that's like ground rife for for some cool effects, and uh, it would fit your style well. Yeah, I actually already know what I'm gonna do. I kind of I don't know if you remember Frank Frazetta, the artist. I kind of yeah. want to I kind of want to have the type of feel of his paintings when I paint them up. I already have an idea of what I want to do with them. That's that's absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm super excited to see that. And then, you know, so uh, you, when you're playing, is there any uh, local stores that you play that people want to meet up and go to a place to play a game and maybe they'd see you in person? Uh, are there any places you might give a shout out for? Uh, my local gaming store that I normally play at is Looking for Games. It's outside of Philadelphia in Levittown, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's a very nice. Everyone's super friendly there. They have a ton of space. That's where I normally hang out and play my miniature games. Do you ever actually hit up PAX Unplugged? Uh, yes, uh, I was there the two times they've had it so far oh so what okay well we have to meet up then at some point that's when we yeah. really enjoy going down to i actually i don't know if you remember we did meet shortly because i, I played in the ice and fire tournament that you oh. were playing in as well fair enough oh my gosh we didn't play each other though did we well we did not play each other okay all right you saw me trying to carry all my stuff around and make it from table to table depending yeah. on what year it was it was a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> well fantastic we, well let's make it sure to uh, to meet up and, and hang out a little bit next uh, next time it's up and running in the flesh Yes, we'll definitely have to do that. Oh, man, I got to get some I have to get to my uh, my oils going here and I can show any uh, fur techniques I've learned from you or things <laughs> like that. Yeah, I have to um, get some new stuff and finish up my Baratheons. Or so. tell you I want to learn some Kali <laughs> and just be like, OK, quick, I'll bring some you know, big paintbrushes and we can you know work with those. If people will be staring at us at the middle of the convention, I'll be fine. I've never done any weapons training, so that I've, I've always found that fascinating and uh, just another cool way to move your body. And um, yep. Definitely it's on my radar. Yeah, definitely uh, helps with the coordination. I'll say that. As <laughs> what about like old man martial arts stuff? Because I feel like that's I've, I'm essentially retired. I, I was an MMA fighter for a little while and I took a break. And that's actually how I got back into gaming. Mm -hmm. And my body, of course, after a year of COVID, too, is I've got to get back. I will not ever probably be back in fighting shape, but get back in in more healthier shape. You know, any uh, any uh, good uh, martial arts that are not like too incredibly demanding. Like, I wouldn't necessarily go back to wrestling right off the start. Um, yeah. Um the Kali's a good one. Another good one is uh, Wing Chun, which I also teach because it's a lot of it doesn't require a lot of movement. It's a lot of fine, intricate detail, but it's not a lot of big, gross, like jumping around type movement. Fair enough. Yeah, you watch the old knees and stuff. now. <laughs> well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Like I said, I, I have a torn meniscus in my one knee that they had to uh, cut part of it out. So I know what it is to not have proper knees. I know it's, it turns <laughs> out having fun in life and having all these adventures, it takes it <laughs> takes a toll on the body. I know who would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, if you haven't already, be sure to check out Two Raven Studios on YouTube and also on social media, Facebook as well. Be sure to like the Facebook page and uh, anywhere else they should be checking to make sure they're staying in touch with what you've got coming out. Uh, I post a lot of stuff up on Instagram, so you probably want to check me out over there. All right. Instagram as well. And, you know, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, it's just a cool to connect with you, especially if you're somewhat local. You're not, you're not too far away. So when we get down to PAX Unplugged, 
we'll certainly uh we'll see if we can catch up yeah thanks for having me on it's uh was fun to talk to you no problem all right and in the meantime thanks everyone for listening and i hope you get your miniatures on the table Mm -hmm.